And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Uh, I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to mockbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Or call it 312-726-1243. Have you ever been asked a question about your faith that you couldn't answer? Today, we will discuss the toughest questions in Christianity with Alex McElroy, an international speaker, apologist, leadership advisor, pastor, and author. Alex has trained hundreds of believers, teachers, and ministers to be equipped in biblical study, purpose, leadership, and apologetics in order to maximize their effectiveness for the kingdom of God. He's also the founder of The Proof for the Truth, an apologetics conference that will be happening on May 3rd and 4th, and you can visit proofforthetruth.org for more details. Alex, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Alex, I, I mentioned uh, early on that you are an apologist. Yes. Um, I imagine that there might be people out there who, who have never heard that word before. Um, what is apologetics and what does it mean to be an apologist? So, yeah, thank you for having me, um, first and foremost. And yeah, there's a lot of people who have not heard that word. I'm not apologizing for anything. Um, that's usually the joke I get. But apologetics is simply the branch of theology concerned with the accurate defense of the faith, often through scientific, historical, archaeological, philosophical evidence, non-biblical evidence um, that can sustain and support what we believe. Excellent. And and I suppose the next question um, would, would have to be why engage in apologetics? That's a great question, too. Um, most days I talk with pastors or reach out to pastors in some form or fashion um, all over the country to to kind of get them to think that way. But the Bible is very clear. Uh, Peter, one of the founders, the founder of the church, in 1 Peter 3.15, he says, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you. Um, in, the, in the original Greek, that word to give a defense is the word apologia, which is where we get apologetics from. So literally from the beginning, um, of the church, it has been a command. And it's not a command to pastors or to ministers. It's a command to Christians. And I think we, um, you know, a lot of people think I made the word up or, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a new thing. Maybe it's been kind of forgotten in some segments or some churches for a while, but that's, that's the hope to bring it back. Do you find that, that churches, um, uh, have an apologetics ministry or, or do they typically lack in that area of theology? Yeah, it's a great question. They typically lack. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm trying to introduce something that is foreign, even if they took some classes in seminary, um, 
it's there's no there's usually not an apologetics or that part of their teaching ministry implemented in most churches. Um, in fact, when I did the first conference last year, a lot of people wanted that information brought to their ministry to their church, and that conference wore me out. I was I had swore after that day I wasn't going to do it again, but uh, necessity is is laid upon me, so uh, here we are. But what I did do was design a couple of different workshops that that are smaller kind of packages of a lot of the content, and now churches are signing up to host those at their location. So if anybody uh, listening wants to do that, you can go to um, alexrmcelroy.com and you can book to host a workshop at your church. That's great. Alex, I wonder if we can uh, discuss some specific areas um, that Christians are often uh, face questions in, um, which which I believe apologetics can, can give us answers to. Um, for example, how does uh, the believer, the Christian, um, answer um, objections like, well, science disproves God? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is the Christian response to that? Yeah, and that's one that's common, especially because our our kids are kind of consistently sold the myth that it's science versus faith. And nothing could be further from the truth. And and actually, the more I learned, the more. And actually, on the way here, I was reading some uh, apologetic material from William Lane Craig, very science heavy. But it just shows. Actually, it validates my faith. It validates our faith. It validates what what the Bible says. It validates who God is. Um, if we just talk about some of like the cosmological evidence, there's three laws of. Um, thermodynamics, we'll just deal with the second one, which basically says that the universe is running out of usable energy. Um, if that's the case, then it's kind of like somebody, you have, a, you have a car and the gas tank is getting closer to empty, but at one point you had a full tank. The question is who filled up the tank? And there had to be an uncaused first cause. There had to be a primary cause that started everything rolling. And every everything whether it's an atheist or a Christian scientist, points to the fact that the universe had a definite beginning. Uh, the Kalam cosmological argument basically says anything that is created has a cause, the universe, um, or began to exist, and the universe began to exist, therefore the universe has a cause. What atheists can't do is answer the question of what was or who was that cause. Um, so I think in this situation, faith, and, and Christianity specifically, has the best, the most probable answer. And it's not a um, blind faith issue. It, it makes sense scientifically. And so I think uh, with that and many other things, just the, the sheer improbability when you try to do the math of uh, a number like one to the 10th to the 123rd of the chances of this universe being as finely tuned as it is, it doesn't make sense that that's an accident. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you've missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, we've been speaking with Alex McElroy about the proof for the truth and how we can approach the most challenging questions about our faith. Uh, Alex, another uh, common question is, um, well, if God is good and all-powerful, how do we explain evil in the world? Yeah. Uh, 
And these are typically, especially in Q&A, these are kind of the most difficult questions to answer, not from an intellectual standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint, because usually what's behind that question is somebody who has experienced some sort of pain, a loss, evil in some in some form or fashion. But if we're able to take a step back and just look at the that question um, philosophically, if there is such a thing as evil, absolute evil, then that means there has to be a such a thing as absolute good, because most things exist through their opposites. Um, so if it is objective, uh, that there's an objective evil, there has to be an objective good. The only way that there can be an objective good is if that source of good transcends or morality transcends that whom it governs, which is us. If, if objective morality is based on humans, it won't stay objective for very long. It's going to shift. There's going to be differences of opinions. And that's part of the problem we see in the world today, that there's 7 billion people on the planet whose morality is right what group's morality is right. And even when we make laws, we should, and as you guys try to do here, we should judge those laws against a superseding law, an objective moral law, to see if those laws make sense. So if we say it like this, evil is essentially good gone bad. It is, it, it is the aberration. Um, if you take a car that has rust, you take the rust out of the car, you have a better car. If you take the car out of the rust, you have nothing. Because the, as C.S. Lewis said, the shadow proves the sunshine. You can have a shadow um, or you can have sunshine with no shadow, but you can never have a shadow with no sunshine. Does that make sense? Yeah. So evil actually proves the existence of God, not disproves. And the last thing I'll say is this. God had several options. He could have created a world where no one could do bad. He could have created a world where everyone had to do good, kind of a robotic sort of thing. Or... He he could create the type of world that we live in where there's a choice. The thing is, the only world where love is possible is the third one, where you have a choice to do right or to do wrong, to do good or to do evil. You have a choice to love him or not love him. And those that don't will tend to do things that he doesn't approve of. And that's what we consider evil. I noticed that the, the name of your upcoming conference is Proof for the Truth. Um, and oftentimes today we um, hear that, that truth itself is a relative term. Mm. Um, what, what is the response to that? Yeah, just a fundamental understanding of truth says, when we're talking about objective truth, not my favorite color or something like that, one plus one is two. If it were possible that one plus one could be two and five and 13, it's no longer objective, Right. But if it is objective, then by definition, it can't change. Truth by definition is singular. When in a court of law, they want you to tell the truth, not your version of the truth, right? Because that is what's going to determine the fate of the case, the fate of a person. And so truth by definition is a singular. All truths exclude their opposites. That's just the nature of truth. Coming up, we will talk further with Alex McElroy about how to effectively discuss the answers to these tough questions and learn more about the upcoming conference. I'm Soren Lehu, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
In the wide, confusing world of law and lawyers, it's tough to find someone you can trust that shares your Christian values for legal advice and representation. You can trust Mauk and Baker, a Christian law firm based in Chicago that serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal matters. They seek to represent clients like you with integrity and care by using biblical principles as the foundation of their work. Additionally, their monthly newsletter highlights what's current in the religious liberty arena, keeping you informed on your right to worship, whether that's on the street, in public school, or within the walls of your church. Subscribe to their newsletter at maukbaker.com slash newsletter. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com slash newsletter. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243. Call and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. That's 312-726-1243. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today we've been speaking with Alex McElroy about apologetics in the upcoming Proof for the Truth conference. Alex, tell us a little bit more about the conference and uh, why it was started. Yeah, so it started kind of out of a need, and and one of the things that I I write a lot of I write a blog also called Relentless Pursuit of Purpose. Um, one of the things I believe is that if something, if you see an issue, if you see a problem, and the solution doesn't exist, it's because you're supposed to be the solution, and. There was just a need, there was a niche, especially with the millennial generation. One of the statistics that frightens me is that it shows that close to 70% of our young people end up walking away from the faith when they get to or through college. And that doesn't have to stay that way. And it's not that it's all on me, but at least I can do something. So initially I was just going to do something at my church and then somehow it just, it morphed, <laughs> it became a conference. We hosted our first one last year at North Park university. Um, this one, it'll be in the, in kind of in the middle of the city in Hummel park at a, at a church called new life covenant. And yeah, it just kind of, it's designed to fill a need. There's nothing really in the Midwest as far as large apologetic conferences, there's nothing really in the city. So um, yeah. Wanted to build this, wanted to start this, and, and wanted to give people an opportunity and a place where they could engage and, and ask questions. And who was the event geared towards? It is geared. So this year, I definitely want to have a strong millennial presence. We had some last year, but the difference from last year to this year, first, I learned a lot. And this year, I actually have a team, so it's not all on me to do all the marketing and everything um, or the speaking uh, I've got some great speakers coming in. We're going to do workshops this year. It's going to be a day and a half. It's going to be a Friday evening and Saturday. So there'll be more time to engage. But I, I definitely want, um, if you're a Christian listening or, or a pastor, make sure you bring and invite those who are not of the faith, because this is a safe space where they can ask questions, either at the mic or anonymously, uh, or even engage one-on-one -on -one with one of the apologists. I'm going to have uh, a special booth set up where they can just come to us in their free time or downtime and, and, and talk. And and what is the ultimate goal of, of this conference? What are you hoping to, to achieve here? So the ultimate goal or the vision as we laid it out, uh, it's even on the website, it says to enter into 
to see people enter into a confirmed, confident, and eternal relationship with the source of all life and purpose. That's my goal. Um, wherever I go and whatever I do, uh, I want people ultimately not to make me famous, but to know God and to know him for themselves. Uh, Alex, we've been talking about some of the answers to uh, tough questions about the faith. Um, having the answers is only one step. Uh, once you have those answers, how should uh, believers engage in apologetics? How should they debate? How should they uh, present uh, the truth? Yeah. So C.S. Lewis said that um, if Christianity is false, it's of no importance. If it's true, it's of most importance. And I might be paraphrasing, but if it's the only thing it can't be is of, you know, mediocre importance. So we got to first come to grips with that as believers, especially, and realize that the way that God speaks to people is often through us. So we have to be willing to engage. Now, one of the reasons, most reasons, um, and this is also linked to why a lot of young people walk away and they're considered classified as religious nuns, not none like a Catholic nun, but N-O-N-E. And the, the reason that they list is most often intellectual skepticism. So whenever you have questions or doubts about something, you're going to be less likely to speak about it. So first thing is, as a believer, you, I, we all need to get more confident in what we know and what we profess. If it's true, let's go find all the different evidence that already exists to show that and help somebody else see that. Once you're confident, you'll be more likely to speak up. Now, I'm a little different because I just don't care anymore. I'll go anywhere. <laughs> so I'm, I'm with a guy. We go on the college campus uh, every week, if not every other week, and just literally sit with people who are eating lunch and just say, hey, can we sit with you? And we'll just start talking. <laughs> so I don't know if everybody's supposed to do that, but I do that. Um, there's some atheists in my family. I engage with them as much as possible. And one thing is also very important. Before I know I'm going to see them, I'm always praying like, God, open a door, open up a window of opportunity, because if he does that, or or if you really want them to come to know him, then it's going to take the Holy Spirit. And I think one thing we always got to remember, sometimes in apologetics, it gets uh, sidetracked, where it becomes so intellectual that we lose sight of the fact that the Holy Spirit is still intimately involved in the situation. And only God can turn somebody's heart. We're just providing the introduction. But that being said, we need to provide the introduction. And the more confident we are in what we know and what we believe, the more likely we are to do that. So I would say, if it's not coming to the conference, start reading books. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, I've had the opportunity to train and learn from some of the best in the world. Um, but that takes time, effort, energy, and money. <laughs> um but the conference, if you're in the Chicago area or even not, we had people coming in from out of town last year, come to the conference. And, and that's a great starting point to, to get your questions answered and to uh, get a better understanding of, of our faith. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Soren Lehu of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Alex McElroy about apologetics and his upcoming conference. Alex, you, you started to, to touch on this, but if... If someone is interested in apologetics, where do they start? Yeah, I've, like I said, had the opportunity. And if you are interested in apologetics, you probably know the name Robbie Zacharias. 
um, or William Lane Craig. I'm reading some stuff by him now. I've actually had the opportunity to train at RZIM, which is Robbie Zacharias uh, headquarters. Um, served on a university missions trip with them, engaging with students on the college campus. Uh, but the most intense and, and long training I've had for the last three or four years is with Cross-Exam and Instructors Academy with Dr. Frank Turek, Jim Warner Wallace, Sean McDowell, Greg Coco, a lot of others. Um, one book that Frank, Dr. Frank Turek wrote is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. That's always the, the go-to recommendation that I give people. I told Frank he owes me a commission as many times as I recommended that book. Another another great one is by Jim Warner Wallace, a former atheist. He is a cold case detective in real life who examined the Gospels as he would actual eyewitness statements and said, these pass my police training tests. And he's now a, a Christian and a, and a great apologist. So he wrote a book called Cold Case Christianity. That's a great starting point as well. Um, if you get through those two, you'll have a great foundation. And then, you know, go from there. Read anything by Ravi, anything by William Lane Craig, anything by Lee Strobel. Actually, the book that got me started uh, about 10 or 11 years ago was The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And I wasn't really looking for it. It was in the back of my closet. My mom gave it to me and I read it one day. <laughs> Alex, what, what would you say the role of apologetics has, has played in uh, your faith and in coming to, to know uh, Jesus as the Lord and Savior? It has deepened it. I would say, though, I was I was saved. I knew God at a younger age and without apologetics. So everyone is not going to come by way of apologetics. Some will, some won't. My thing is I want to have as many tools in my arsenal to achieve the ultimate goal of getting people to Christ as possible. And some people may not step foot in a church. Um, so what do we do? We just leave them by the wayside. Uh, there's some that we can engage with. In a, in a different way, in an in a intellectual way, uh, in a different venue where if they're not comfortable coming to church on a Sunday at your invitation, how do we still get them the answers to their questions and how do we still engage with them? Um, I teach in jail a couple times a month. Um, I have people that I've talked to at the, the gym, um, basketball court, like Really, wherever people are, there's an opportunity if we're if we have our eyes and our ears open. We don't have a, a lot of time left, Alex, but I'm wondering if uh, you have any advice for churches who are looking to implement apologetics into yeah. their ministries. Yeah, it, real quick, it's very hard to do that quickly because it's not just bringing in a singer or, and I don't want to demean any of that type of stuff. But this does take a lot of reading, a lot of training, a lot of education. Um, so that's just the nature of if you're willing to commit to that or have somebody on your team commit to that, then then by all means do that. If not, um, like I said, we just want to be a resource to churches and organizations. So that's why I designed the workshops that churches are hosting. Um, we've been in Denver, we'll be in Baltimore, North Carolina this year. And um, you can go to alexrmcelroy.com and you can look up information for those workshops. And how can people learn more about the conference? So to learn more about the conference, you can go to www.proofforthetruth.org. That's www.proofforthetruth.org. And you can get information about the venue, about the speakers. Got some great speakers. We're going to have workshops this year. I've got someone uh, coming, Brittany Brown, to discuss uh, some issues such as, is God a woman? Is God sexist? I've got Dr. Eric Mason coming in, which is a huge draw. 
and many other workshops and many other topics to be discussed from science to history to can I trust the Bible. Alex, we really appreciate you speaking with us today. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty Newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Soren Lehu, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. have to serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody